I'm Chad Brock. And I'm Zach Bailiff. And you guys are tuned in to the Orion. Welcome back, everybody, to your bi-weekly favorite, the Orion Podcast. We're back. <laughs> Zach Zach just made it back to Pennsylvania on the long run from Indiana. He's yeah. Smokey and the Bandit. Eight and a half hours sitting on my backside, and it's a little numb right now, so why not add another hour to it here? <laughs> there we go. So I uh, hope everybody had a great Wooster weekend out there in Orion land. Uh, I know we did, uh, getting to spend some time with some family and and some friends and all that and the fishing's the fishing's getting better the fishing is getting better i can't i can't complain you're not fishing yet out there in pennsylvania but i am not yet and i didn't we didn't get a meet up for it this trip home either it you know the holiday like that the schedule just gets scheduled for you so everything gets packed and you gotta get around and see everybody and make the rounds and we squeezed in a little bit of a little bit of shed hunting and hit a few trail cameras on monday before we come back home and we had a little That's, bit of luck, so we should have done a screen share, screen share, and showed the sheds you found. They wasn't bad. A couple of them wasn't bad at all. Yeah, prospects no, are looking a couple, good. For... Yeah, a couple, probably two, two and a half, three year old deer, and they got a little character to them. So it'll be it's going to be interesting to see how they show up this year. The farm is uh, the farm is getting good. We've got some got some people tuning in live tonight. They're chatty. They're chatty on us tonight. Oh. Chris Monk says he's here. Nobody even told him to be here. So welcome, Chris. <laughs> Happy to have you. Jason Cassidy, guest number one of the Orion podcast. What's up, good fam? JT Hickman and Gene Wilson all in the house so Damn. far tonight. Get them yeah, questions buddy. ready um, at uh, quarter till. We'll have five questions for uh, Mr. Nathan Deppenbrock of Canoe, Kentucky. So I kind of screwed up the intro. Just yeah, a little right bit. there. I just gave it totally, away. Gave it away. I gave it away. Blew it right out of the gate. Um, let's, let's do it anyway. So tonight's guest is, is a very great, special group of friends, um, that has made a living navigating the, uh, the Elkhorn Creek. Um, they've built a family business, uh, embracing their entire community and they have, they just, they just keep getting bigger and keep making things better as they go. So without further ado, let's welcome from Canoe, Kentucky. World famous can do Kentucky. Nathan Deppenbrock. Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Oh man. How's uh how is beautiful Bourbon City, Frankfurt, Kentucky? 
Bourbon City, Frankfort, Kentucky is beautiful right now. You know, we're we're coming up on Derby weekend here in, in uh, Frankfort, which uh, it's a big deal here in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. So all the tulips are blooming up at the Capitol and, you know, it's uh, things are things are looking right this time of year. So we're uh, yeah, we're looking good right now. What's uh, what's the odds favorite on the Derby? Oh, I haven't even, I don't, this far out, you know, I'm kind of like everybody. I, I've, I've, uh, learned how to bet horses when I was way too young. So I don't pay enough attention to it now. And then week before I just pick one that's got a really cool name. And here lately, I just go, if it's got bourbon in its name somewhere, you know, Woodford or, or, uh, something along those lines, that's usually my odds on favorite. Absolutely. And, uh, Bob Baffert will not be the winner this year. So that's, we've got that. He will not. <laughs> yeah. He will not be the winner this year, maybe next year, a little longer. So, Nathan, let's let's jump into this. You guys, Canoe Kentucky has is a top-tier dealer, has been a top-tier dealer in the uh in the States, especially for us at Jackson Kayak for quite some time now. Um well, let's let's back up and kind of talk about how this adventure got started with you and Allison. Um, just kind of, kind of give us the rundown. How did, how did Canoe Kentucky come to fruitation? Well, we are fruitation. I like that word. We are, uh, <laughs> we've been doing it a while now. We're, uh, we're very proud to say we're a third generation business. So this is 41 years in business, uh, on the Elkhorn Creek wow. and the Kentucky river in Frankfurt with Canoe Kentucky, uh, with a name like Canoe Kentucky. Of course, that's what we specialize in, but you know, we, we run the gamut, uh, but we are paddle sport specific, but a name like Canoe Kentucky back in 1981 carried a lot of weight with it. You know, kayaks were still, still pretty fresh, you know, coming out of the 1970s and the Germany Olympics, you know, people really didn't know what kayaks were back then. So we, we went with the name Canoe Kentucky and actually before that, we even had a different name. So our story kind of began back in, um, in 1980. Uh, my father-in-law, Ed Council, who's who's still around, a great man, um, done a ton of work in the nonprofit world over the last 10 years. He, you know, he had a Boy Scout troop here in Frankfurt back in 1980. Um, his oldest son was a member of that troop, and and his his daughter was a member of that troop, to be honest. She was kind of like the honorary uh, Boy Scout amongst those boys as she kind of grew up with them. And their eighth grade year, 1980, they had a, a trip planned to go down to the Green River in Southern Kentucky and do, you know, two weeks on the Green River and and kind of kick off this eighth grade summer or whatever. And so uh, they went on the, they were going to plan on going on this trip. They had worked with an outfitter down there and literally days before their trip, the outfitter calls them up and says, look, I double booked you guys and I just don't have any boats to put you in. And uh, so my father-in-law was just, you know, what am I supposed to tell these boys? This is what they've been looking forward to all summer. And so he calls up a, a canoe company uh, back in the days before the internet was even a thing, right? So he, he gets out the old brochure Rolodex or whatever it is and calls up a canoe company out of Lebanon, Missouri called Osage Canoes um, and uh, says, look, I need six canoes. I need paddles. I need life jackets. I need a trailer. And uh, I need it here in the next couple of days. And I can't pay you anything for it right now, but you know, I will shake your hand. And when I get the opportunity, I will pay you back. Well, the owner of Osage Canoes had a heart and uh, did just that. Uh, delivered the canoes right here. The kids went on this wonderful end of the summer canoe trip down the Green River. Um, Allison went along with them. It was just a magical trip. So trip's over with. 
boats get pulled in the side yard and they just sat there. Right. And the next year, all the boys are in high school and next summer comes along and girls are cooler than canoes. And so the canoes oh, yeah. just kind of sat there and guy drove by one day and stopped at the house and knocked on the door and said, Hey man, I'll give you 15 bucks. If you let me borrow one of those boats, I just want to go fishing out back here. And a light bulb kind of went off. So my father-in-law was kind of always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, he came here from Richmond, Virginia, he was actually hired by the state of Kentucky to study raindrops. And in Kentucky, with all of our karst topography, his job was figuring out when a rain raindrop hits the ground, what does it carry with it and how does it end up in our water sources and so on and so forth. So this was kind of right up his alley, you know, uh, 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 being on water and things like that. And so he, he decides he's going to start renting these six canoes. And he did just that for a few years, him and a, him and a buddy would sign waivers over a cup of coffee there in their, their dining room. And people would go out and paddle the Creek and, uh, did that for a while under the name Elkhorn excursions. And then in 1990, um, the old peak smell grocery and gas station had been sitting vacant for quite a while. And it came up on the bankruptcy auction block and, uh, he was fortunate enough to buy it. And so spent a few years kind of taking out the old gas pumps, getting rid of the cigarette machines. And we officially launched canoe Kentucky out of that location, um, in the mid 1990s. Um, and uh, fast forward just a little bit, we opened up another store in the Forks of Elkhorn as we saw the whitewater side of paddling starting to grow. You know, we were doing some some selling of boats. We were selling some of the, you know, the, the daggers of the world. We were actually making our own canoe at that time called the Bluegrass Canoe. And all of a sudden, whitewater is this big thing. So we buy up another shop uh, to put into our whitewater stretch. The Elkhorn Creek does have some phenomenal class two and class three whitewater on it. And I uh, start doing some stuff out of there. Um, in the meantime, me personally, I'm working down in horse cave, Kentucky, fresh out of college on the head animal keeper at a place called Kentucky down under and through a blind date, friend of a friend, Allison and I go out on a date and, uh, kind of hit it off. And for about six months, we dated long distance. And, um, one February day, I ended up thinking it's time for a change. And, uh, the same day their manager put in a two week notice. And so Alice and I sat down and talked about, Hey, do we want to try to do this thing together? And uh, so I, I came on in 2001 and uh, started working at Canoe Kentucky and kind of gone that way ever since. Uh, we were married. We have three children. All three of our kids work in the business. Um, my oldest is 17 now, has some hopefully strong desires to take the business over someday, but who knows? He's still just a 17-year-old kid. If anything, uh, the other he's strong. He is. He's a, he's a <laughs> hoss. That's for sure. He, he's not one that uh, shirks from the hard work side of things. So um, yeah. And from there, we've just kind of grown, you know, we're today, we're the largest rental uh, outfitter in the state of Kentucky. Uh, we rent somewhere around 250 boats in our fleet, uh, canoes, kayaks, rafts, stand up paddle boards, tandem kayaks. Um, we, uh, we're a, a retail shop, so we sell the best of the best, you know, so we sell Jackson kayaks and a few other brands, um, largest retailer in the state of Kentucky. It's all we do is sell canoes and kayaks. We don't get into climbing or, or anything else like that. We're just paddle sports nuts. So that's what we kind of do. Um, we've got a fairly good instructional program. You know, we teach American Canoe Association stuff in canoe, kayaks, swift water rescue, stand up paddleboard. Um, and, uh, and we do some summer camps for kids, some environmental education for the community, all revolving around just sharing the love of, of the water and, and the love of people. You know, we're very proud of the fact that we're a small family Christian business. We've got no qualms telling people that. And we just believe that, you know, in that golden role of treating others as you want to be treated. And we're just so blessed that we get the opportunity to 
to assist people in having a good time. I mean, we're here to just provide experiences and, and, you know, God has blessed us with that opportunity. And, and I thank him every day for what we get to do. And again, to be able to do it for 41 years, um, to actually be one of the, the less than 50% of businesses that transfer from one generation to another has been a pretty amazing thing. And, uh, we're just thankful for all of that. Man. And, and you guys have done, you guys have done an amazing job. Every time I see you guys, it's like something new's popping up and it's just, it's, it's been, in, it's been incredible um, just working with you guys. But I got to ask, I got to ask early on you and Allison, you're, you're back in the day, you're taking this thing on, you, you're taking on the management role. What are, as you guys have grown this, what has been some of the, some of those adventures that, you know, you, you kind of look back on them, some of the struggles, I guess, that have become, the big adventure as a whole? Well, you know, there's, there's lots of those, right. You know, when, when you're in a, first off, when you're in an outdoor business, you're at the mercy of the outdoors, right? So as we, as I came into this game 20 plus years ago now, um, we were pretty reliant on one body of water. You know, we were reliant on the Elkhorn Creek providing 95% of our income, um, maybe even a little bit more than that. And really 95% of that income came over the 12 weekends of the summer. So now all of a sudden 24 days are where you're making 95% of your money and, oh, well this year we've get a flood. And, uh, one of my first years in the business, we had a 16, um, 16 week drought in the area that, you oh know, you God. really couldn't paddle the Creek without calling it a biathlon, right. Doing some walking and some paddling. And, um, so that was definitely a challenge. How do we diversify the business, how do we bring in other income streams, uh, the retail side of things, summer camps for kids, move into other bodies of water like the Kentucky River right here in downtown Frankfurt? That was definitely a challenge. Um, Alice and I both came into this business running it really in our 20s. And uh, they don't teach you in college what running a small business is about, right? I'm, I was an outdoor rec major an ag minor at Western Kentucky University. And none of my classes ever told me how many darn hats you wear when you're a business owner. You know, uh, I jokingly say that I've, I've worn them all, right? I've been an electrician, a plumber. I've been a guidance counselor. I've been a doctor. I've been a lawyer. Um, I've done a lot of construction work. I fix vehicles, you know, all these different hats uh, that fall on you. Um, that's a challenge. Uh, it, it's, it's a challenge just as a small mom and pop business to pay the bills. You know, there's a, a lot of responsibility on you when, when you're signing the front of someone's paycheck and, you know, especially the last couple of years, you know, two years ago when the world was shutting down, none of us in the outdoors knew it was going to be what it was, which it ended up being absolutely bonkers, but yeah, nobody right. knew that, you know, we, we thought we could have been writing the last paychecks our, our staff was going to see there back in March of 2020. Yep. Um, that's pretty nerve wracking. You know, there's, there's been times as a business owner that, that Allison and I have made the sacrifice, you know, she's gone off and done other work. Uh, I've gone off and done other work so that we can make sure that the staff we have are still getting paid. Um, you know, we have to put ourselves back. So that's definitely been a challenge. And, and then the last thing would probably just be attempting to run a family while running a business and, oh, yeah. and having a quality of life, you know, uh, it's really kind of been probably the last 10 years of my life that I've really embraced the fact that, you know, we can all work ourselves to death. We can all physically work 80, 90, a hundred hours a week, but is that really the quality of life you want? You know, when, when we only get one, one time around this merry-go-round, you know, right. Do I just want to work myself to death? So that's been, that's been a challenge, but it's been a huge blessing that, that we've, 
we feel like we've been very successful in the fact that we've been able to manage our family life, our personal life and our business. And having that separation has actually allowed our business to grow. Uh, and we definitely attest all of that to us being able to kind of take the 10,000 foot view of it sometimes and be able to stand back and let the machine kind of run itself. So when you, when you look back at all that and you think about it, is there, is there a defining moment where you and Allison stand, you kind of stand back now and look at it and smile and say, yeah, we got this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I've got, I've got three kids, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I got a 17 year old, a 15 year old and a, and a 10 year old daughter. And, um, when my daughter was born, uh, 10 years ago, she was born with a, a rare congenital heart defect. Right. And geez, talk about bringing you to your knees when you, when the doctor walks in and you know, your, your baby's, you know, two hours old and you're immediately told, well, she's going to have to have open heart surgery and it's going to have to happen soon. Right. That was, that was a petrifying moment. And immediately your, your, your heart, your mind just goes to, I want her to be okay and I'll do whatever it takes to make her okay. And then as the news kind of settles in, you start thinking, well, you know, she was born in September and they're talking about open heart surgery when she's seven or eight months old. Well, that's May. Well, golly, I run a canoe business that in May things really that's... get cranking. So how do we deal with this? So, um, we came out of that. She did have open heart surgery when she was seven months old in, in May. Uh, we're very uh, happy to say that this year she'll be 10 years uh, after her heart surgery. She's completely normal. She's completely fine. You know, they fixed her and, and she's just a, a 10 year old girl now. Um, but, uh, that, that was really a time that we said we got this. We had to really learn to step back from the business and allow the people that we had trained to kind of take the helm. And, uh, I definitely believe that if you ask someone to step up, they'll step up. Um, if you don't ever give them the opportunity, you're kind of demoralizing them just a little bit. You know, you got to give them the, the faith and the trust that they're going to be able to do this. And at that time we had just a, a wonderful staff that stepped up and, and wrapped their arms around us and ran the business. And that was really the, the time that, that we started to look at it and say, you know, we don't have to work 80, 90, 100 hours a week. We've got staff that loves running this place. They're younger than us. They're more energetic than us. Because they haven't done it as long, they're not burnt out on all the drunks and the idiots coming downstream. They bite their tongues a lot better than I do anymore. Um, and it allowed us to say, look, if our business is going to grow, it's got to grow from the new ideas of our younger staff, you know. My, my old, my ideas might be kind of old and stagnant being I've done this 21, 22 years, but some of these kids that are coming in and working for us for two or three years, they're, they're younger. They've got good ideas, ex especially in today's day and age, as you bring all the technology and social media and all this stuff into it, they're just, they're better at that. So that was really kind of the moment that we started to say, Hey, we, do, we, we're, we're okay to be the owners of the business, but we don't necessarily have to be the face. That's always right there in the front of the business. Right on. And, and working with you guys over the years, one thing that has really stood out to me the most, Nathan, is how you guys have really, you've really built Canoe Kentucky and, and other things around the community. Um, you guys take a lot of pride in the Frankfurt community. Um, what's that meant to you to have this community really embrace you guys back as you've built this thing? Yeah, that's, that's, that's been pretty, uh, pretty phenomenal experience. You know, when we started this business 41 years ago, and of course I can only be told through stories since I've only been with it for 21 of those years. But, um, uh, back then, you know, we, there was not, everybody was, was happy to see us coming down the Creek, right? There was a right. lot of landowners that didn't necessarily like the fact that, that all of a sudden there's a hundred, 200, 300 people in their backyard on any given weekend. And, 
You know, we dealt with those landowner issues. You, we dealt with people shooting guns off in the air. We dealt with people throwing rocks in the Creek and, you know, we, we dealt with all that. And, and I know early in my career here, even I dealt with landowners showing up at the front door to the shop and complaining about a customer of ours fishing on their property or trespassing or whatever that is. And, um, over all the years I've been here, that's been one of my, my biggest focuses, Allison and I both, uh, our, our biggest focus is landowner relations and, and making sure everybody is good with what we're doing and trying to go above and beyond to keep everybody on that, on the up and up. And so we do a lot of, um, outreach to our community. Anybody that lives anywhere on our Creek, you know, they can come paddling with us free of charge anytime they want. That's just one little way of doing it. Uh, we do lots of cleanups on the Creek. You know, we do six, seven cleanups a year on the Creek with local organizations to, to show the community that, that we are invested in this body of water, you know, that we, we believe in taking care of it. Um, we do a lot of, uh, those sorts of things. We, we went uh, last year and actually converted our shop 100% to solar powered. So we're a hundred percent net zero business. You know, we, we do feed back the grid, but we produce all the energy that our business needs. You know, that was, that was one way of showing our community. We, we truly believe in what it is we're doing. We're trying our best to protect the environment that God gave us and to give back to it some. And, um, it's really been a full circle thing that, you know, we had our 40th anniversary last year. We had a few different parties, whatever you want to call them at the shop that were sponsored by local organizations. And just to see those people come in and, and embrace us and say, man, you guys have done some great stuff out here and we appreciate having you. And, you know, probably one of the, the biggest things we've done in our history actually just happened last year. So on the Elkhorn Creek here in Frankfurt, um, you know, we do have a class two, class three whitewater stretch. We're we're probably the most well-known training ground for people that are wanting to get into whitewater that are in Kentucky or Southern Indiana, Southern Ohio, because we're just nice, solid class two, class three stuff. Um, that stretch of Creek is what we call the forks of Elkhorn. And for the last 90 plus years, um, the biggest hazard on that stretch has been a low head dam. Uh, that dam was put in about a mile below the put in. It was built by the um, originally the Frankfurt distillery, but later that turned into the Jim Beam distillery of Frankfurt, the old granddad plant. And it was used for fire suppression, you know, so that dam held back a million and a half gallons of water that at any moment, if a fire broke out, they could pump that water out of the Creek and hopefully extinguish those flames. And, uh, it's a low head dam and low head dams are of course dangerous. They're drowning machines, especially when you, you have them on a, a Creek that's seeing thousands of people every single weekend on it. And um, the last couple of years, that number's grown even more, right? So um, we've had drownings there, unfortunately. Uh, never customers of Canoe Kentuckys, and not even um, a few of them were not even necessarily kayakers. You know, there was a, there was a, a gentleman that unfortunately passed away there. There was an inner tuber. There was a fisherman. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but there was a few kayakers as well. And uh, the most recent one occurred about four or five years ago. And uh, those are always those are always tough. You know, it's right there on the body of water you're working on, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a realization, man, that what we do is potentially dangerous. Potentially you can die doing this sport that we're all so passionate about. And so after that last drowning, we, we were very honored that, um, our local judge executive, our local emergency management department, our local fish and wildlife, federal fish and wildlife, and the Jim Beam distillery invited us to come to the table with them in a very small group and say, look, we don't want this to happen anymore. 
Uh, we as Jim Beam Distillery, you know, we we believe in preserving the environment. We know the impacts of that dam on the environment in this creek and the fact that fish can't pass by it and wildlife, but we also understand the fact that it's dangerous. What can we do to get rid of this? And we were part of that core group that spent four years, you know, how do we how do we get rid of this thing? And a lot of that involved Jim Beam investing some serious money, right? They put million and a half dollars into a new water retention facility and uh, came to us about a year and a half ago and said, hey, we don't, we did it. We don't need it anymore. And uh, contracted and worked with Federal Fish and Wildlife. And, and this time last year, actually early May of last year, they came in and in three days, uh, they took that dam out of there and um, amazing experience to see that go away. And even more amazing the first time you paddle down through there and you you know, you, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to think about which way am I going to go? Am I going to make sure and get the portage around it? And it's a very humbling and emotional experience when you go over it and you realize that that's where four or five people just in my lifetime have, have breathed their last, right? You know, it's, it's, right. it's some people's final place. So that was a really neat experience that we were honored to be a part of. And we were honored that the community, our local elected officials and Jim Beam actually thought enough of us and thought enough of our professionalism to say, we want you at the table on this. And we're very proud of that fact. And I will say that that stretch of Creek now is getting more use than it's ever got. It's getting a lot of yahoos on it that really have no business being up there, being it is still class two and class three, but we really don't worry as much about it anymore because at least that dam is gone and uh, it's proven to be a much safer stretch of Creek now. Very good. Very good. Um, actually what I'm going to do is I am going to drop that video link for the dam removal in our comments section. So people can go actually go check that out if they want to. If you are on the Facebook page, um, YouTube page, I just dropped that for you. Um, I actually went to the YouTube and it went to all of them. So I've never done that. Never done that. It's that's, new. Uh, that's a pretty awesome moment in history to be a part of, especially, you know, for your area where you guys have built such a, a presence and, you know, being part of that community and, and really focused on the improvements around there to, to have that in your, in your company history at this point. Yeah. And, you know, we really, we really were truthful in saying we were not doing it for any financial reasons for our business. You know, we, for the last 12 years, we haven't rented the first boat on that stretch of Creek, uh, primarily because of the dam, you know, we were scared of it. We were nervous about it. So financially the decision was not made for that reason at all. It was just, what's the right thing to do. Um, it's, it's the right time to do it. The right people were in place. Um, and uh, it was not for us anything other than that. And uh, we're glad to see it gone now. With that said, we are starting to operate on that stretch of creek some. You know, we're very proud to say we can offer some whitewater rafting up there on that stretch of creek now. And that's an area we're looking at expanding. But um, it was completely done because it was just it was the right time to do it. The right people were in place. And, man, it made sense. And it happened, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, now, for sure. Not only are you guys working with the community, but you have a – a pretty, pretty tight knit group that I would say that I would call a community of different paddle shops um, that you guys, you and Allison both work with along the way. Um, you guys network and talk about the different things that are going on in the paddle sports business. How have those relationships with the other paddle shops and, and networking together benefited a place like Canoe, Kentucky? Yeah, for sure. You know, it, uh, paddle sports is a, is a cool world, man, because uh, I think most people that are in this industry and they've done it for any length of time, 
um, realize it's a huge pie and there's plenty of slices there. Now we get a lot of shops that'll pop in and last two or three years. That may be kind of the outliers, but the people that have done it for a while, especially the outfitting side of our business, the rental side of our business, um, it's very much family. And there's some great organizations out there that represent the paddle sports industry, especially the outfitting side. You know, for many years, it was the Professional Paddle Sports Association, which we were very proud of the fact we served on the boards of that organization. My father-in-law was executive director. My wife was the conference and events coordinator for it. That organization later merged with the America Outdoors Association, which is still available today. And those organizations are, are really just big families. They're, they're, they're great to help you in a professional world. Uh, if you're dealing with legal issues, you know, those organizations have professional lobbyists and attorneys that work for them. And so if you're operating on a body of water that's permitted by the federal government, you know, it's great to have that as a resource in your back pocket, but more than anything, those organizations get together a couple of times a year and it's just like a family reunion. And uh, my best friends are people I've met through that organization. Um, my wife and I are not the best people or the easiest people to be friends with because, you know, we work all summer long and when people are in school and, and all this stuff and they expect to be at a, to go on vacations and stuff like that, we can't do that because we're working, you know, and then the winter time is when, is when we go off and play a little bit. So we're not the easiest people to be friends with. So most of our best friends are people that we see once or twice or three or four times a year that also run canoe outfitters and they know what we're going through, right? They can sympathize. They've, they've dealt with the drunks and they've dealt with the, the rude customers and they've dealt with the, the great experiences and the engagements on the water and all this stuff as well. Um, and that's stemmed from those organizations. So we took that uh, concept and began working with other outfitters and retailers um, in, in what we call our power circle. So it involves our, our current power circle is seven different businesses. Um, really all over the Eastern United States. You know, we've got a couple in our circle from Missouri, uh, one from Minnesota, uh, one from Ohio, one from Florida, uh, one from Delaware, New Jersey area, um, and uh, one from Arkansas. And uh, we get together a couple times a year. We talk once a month on Zoom calls, and it's really just a chance to kind of to breathe and to vent and realize there's somebody else that knows what you're going through. But it's also the professionalism, you know, uh, outfitters, mom and pop businesses, small business owners, sometimes, especially in paddle sports, we might just come across as these very simple, you know, folk that are out doing what we're doing, but we're actually pretty darn smart. And uh, other outfitters are as well. You know, uh, my wife holds an, an MBA, you know, she could be off working in business anywhere. She wants to making a lot more money with her MBA. You know, uh, my wife and I are both us coast guard captains, you know, I'm a wilderness EMT. Um, and that's just our business, you know, and, and when you put six other businesses together, you know, our friends are, have also been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years. And there's just a lot of experience. Um, having that group allows you to grow together as a group and to look at each other and say, Hey, have you ever thought about doing this or, um, and sometimes it even is, Hey, I'm having a hard time getting this done. And it's, Hey, I'll show up and I'll swing a hammer with you. Or, Hey, I'll, I'll show up and watch you. I'll help take care of your kids while you go off to your cancer treatments, which literally happened to one of our friends that owns an outfitter in Ohio, you know? So it's just kind of this big family and this big group that can emotionally be connected, but also very professionally be connected as well. And it is the, one of the blessings of the paddle sports world is that 
almost every other outdoor business I've met that's paddle sport specific is, is very open with one another. And, you know, if you own a paddle sports business and you're looking for advice, you can call me anytime you want to, and I'll give you as much free advice as you really want, because it's a big pie. The more people we can get out participating in our sport, participating in a safe way and a professional way, the better it is for all of us. And that's kind of a great segue really to this next question. You know, the, the paddle sport, the paddle shop it is really a very important part of our paddling culture, whether it's canoe, kayak, raft, I mean, whatever. There's, there's really, uh, and I, a lot of people don't know just how much knowledge can be gained from going to a paddle shop over a box store and the different things. What are some of those knowledgeable points that, that consumer can really benefit from say coming to a place like canoe Kentucky over going to the box store, like a Walmart or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just take the, uh, you know, we employ around 35, 40 people during the season, but year round, we've got five of us that run canoe Kentucky, just those five people. We have over a hundred years experience in paddle sports. If you take those five people and put them together, um, there's so much knowledge that can be gained from a paddle sports shop that genuinely cares about you having a good experience that genuinely wants you to come back in and, and, and vomit your experience all over them. Right. We want our guests coming back in and, and talking about how they just caught the biggest smallmouth of their life, or they just caught their first class three eddy, or they learned how to roll or whatever that is. We want that, you know, this is, this is all we do. And we do it because we just love sharing the experiences with people. So there's all sorts of knowledge you can gain and in today's day and age where it's so easy to learn this stuff by looking at a YouTube video, there's something, there's something to be said about coming in and having someone just grab you and say, Hey, did you know this is how you're supposed to hold your paddle? Um, did you know that this is a draw stroke? And if you can learn how to draw stroke into an eddy, you can catch more fish. Um, especially in the fishing world, you know, where a lot of our customers just view the kayak as a tool. It's just a tool to get them somewhere else. Well, if you can tell them, well, yeah, it is just a tool, but if you can learn how to do an eddy turn in that tool, there's fish sitting in that eddy over there. Um, if you can learn how to properly put a life jacket on, you're actually going to wear it when you're out paddling. Um, and you're going to realize it's also great for holding your tackle and your gear. And geez, if you flip over, it's going to save your life possibly too. And then that goes all the way up to someone wants to learn more skills. You know, we, we offer two or three different instructor workshops a year to people that are wanting to work in summer camps or places like that. And they want to teach canoeing. Well, we want to make sure they're teaching it in the safest, most professional manner possible. And that's what a local small shop gives you. You know, we, one of the things we offer at Canoe Kentucky is if you buy your new canoe or your kayak off of us, you know, you're investing a lot of money in it. We get that. We don't sell the light least the less expensive kayaks that you'll find in your big box stores, right? I, I don't really call any kayaks cheap, but uh, there are some that are definitely less expensive. But oh, yeah. one of the things we offer is that every single boat we sell comes with free lifetime shuttle service on our Creek. You know, um, if you were to come out with your own boat, um, you're going to pay 20 bucks to have someone shuttle you back to the put in, but buy your boat from us. We give you that for free. And it's selfishly, we give you that because we want to see you. We want you coming back in the shop. Sure, you might want to spend some money. There's nothing wrong with that. But we also just want to hear how your experiences are going, how we can help you be a better paddler. You know, 
um, come to our shop and, and, and our great managers that we have can tell you all about how they were down in the Florida Keys last year and they were, they were fishing for tarpon down there, or, or they can tell you about, you know, trips on other rivers here in the state of Kentucky. They can recommend other outfitters to go see all over the Eastern U S you know, that's what that small shop gives you is, is really, it's just, they, people genuinely care about the customers that walk in the door that customer that walks in the door is the only way I make a living. So we genuinely do care about you. We want you coming back. Um, I've, I've had third generation people come out and paddle with us just in my 21 years, you know, parents who've brought kids, who've brought kids out now. And, and it's cause we just love what we do. And that's what you're going to get from a small shop that you're definitely not going to get from some 16 year old kid at a big box store that just wants a job for the summertime. Yeah. And you know, yeah, I've been, I've been at the shop on a Saturday and there's literally just people come in and during the winter and just hang out and talk to, uh, to the staff. And uh, it's probably a good time to mention them. They, they probably appreciate us a little bit if we, if we said, said their names. So you've, you do have a great staff uh, starts with uh, Chad and Callie uh, there. And then you guys have also brought on Emma this year. But with that, we, we talked a little bit earlier about Boone. And, and the kids coming up, how much does that make you smile to see the kids out there just starting to get into this thing? I mean, whether they end up going full tilt with it or not, I mean, there's probably a little part of you that sits back and has to smile and, and you know, hopes that one of them carries on the tradition. Oh, I, I hope and I pray that they do if they want to, you know, if they want to, that's great. You know, uh, I'm all right with understanding that if they don't someday, that's all right. I, I can, I can find other ways to retire if I need to, but I, I really do. I, I hope they, I hope they want to. And, and, uh, you know, as last year was one of the first years we really saw it a lot that we had this core group of kids working for us, you know, seven or eight of these kids that have been around for a long time and every Friday and Saturday night, they're getting off, you know, after just going at it all day long and throwing boats, you know, 2000 people out on a Saturday and they're just beat, but they'd all go out paddling after they got off work. And, you know, there were a couple of nights I had to go down there and meet them because it was 1030 at night when they were getting <laughs> off the creek. And I'm like, look, you know, I get y'all having fun, but if I show up down here in my underwear and I got to be waiting for you, you know, it's not quite as fun as it was, but you know, that was such a neat thing to just see them hanging out and uh, enjoying the creek and going out and, golly, they could be going out doing so many bad things, but they're just going out paddling and sharing time on the water. And yeah, that's really, really special. And, um, yeah, we do have a phenomenal staff. Our, our leadership team, Chad, Callie, and Emma, we, we could not do what we do without them. Uh, we, we try our hardest to help them embrace what we call the lifestyle millionaire concept, uh, realizing that none of us make nearly the money any of us are work we worth we could all go out and make a heck of a lot more money but there is something about a quality of life and there's something about you know being able to go out and do what you want to do and 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 get to share this world with other people that are wanting to do what we're doing and and those three those three folks that work for us and help run the day-to-day operations i I can't thank them enough. Um, uh, two of them, Chad and Callie, were up at our house for Easter. They're just part of the family, right? We we want to we want to hold them in the family. And and Emma's actually new to us this year, but we were Emma's very first job when she was 15 years old. You know, she grew up working in our business and went off to college and became an adult and actually became marketing manager, social marketing manager for Oscar Blues Brewery over there in North Carolina, and went out and kind of saw the world and 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 
became this skilled social media person and decided she wanted to come back and spend a little more time with us again. And so we're glad to have her back. She knows everything that we do as it is. So it made it real easy. And all three of them are just absolutely phenomenal people. I love having them. Absolutely. And they're, they're probably some of the hardest workers I've had the pleasure to be around at the end of the day. They, they bust their tail from start to, if we're at an event, they bust their tail from start to finish. We're very fortunate that all of our staff do that, you know, and we're in a day right now to where you, it doesn't matter if you're in Indiana or Tennessee or Kentucky, wherever you are, you can drive down the road and you can go past the Wendy's, the McDonald's, the Chick-fil-A's, and you can see the signs out front now hiring, you know, how many of these places are, are not even able to open fully, you know, our, our, a lot of our restaurants yeah. here in Frankfurt still are not able to offer dine-in experiences because they just don't have enough staff. Um, I'm, I was embarrassed to say it for a long time, but I'm not anymore. I'm proud of the fact that I'm turning people away right now. And it, it says something for the way that this business runs. It says something for our management team that people want to work here, even though they know they can't make nearly as much as they would even working at a McDonald's. Um, people want to work here. And, and we're very fortunate in that a lot of our kids come back year after year. I've got some 12 year and 13 year employees. And uh, I've got everything from a 70 year old bus drivers down to 14 year old kids that work for me. And I love the fact that my older employees are like mentors to these younger kids and they just wrap them up and embrace them. And they're there, you know, talking to them about how their girlfriends are doing or, or how their parents are doing or consoling them when their dog dies. You know, I love that family atmosphere of our business. And it's just because people want to be here, they want to work here and they just, they love the mission that we're on. Now talking about the business, let's, Canoe Kentucky grows every year in some way, shape, or form. Um, what are some of the different types of adventures that you guys are, that you have and that you're adding coming into this year? Yeah, so we we did, as I mentioned, with that dam going away, we did go ahead and invest in the ability to offer whitewater rafting here on the Elkhorn Creek. So we got a brand new fleet of rafts and single inflatable kayaks and tandem inflatable kayaks and we know that this first year probably isn't going to do much. That's okay. We're still learning how to guide whitewater rafts on our Creek anyway. So I think the people that come out and enjoy that experience this year will have a phenomenal time and, and going in the future, I think that's going to be a, a huge asset for our business being able to just diversify and uh, whitewater rafting really on our Creek is a springtime thing, April and May when we don't have as much going on as we do in the, in the primary month. So we're really excited about that. Um, we're doing a lot of guided trips. Um, so years ago, uh, I don't know, six, seven years ago, we started working with our local distillery here in town, Buffalo Trace Distillery, and we started offering our, our bourbon paddle tour. Chad, I know you've actually joined us on that before, but you know, you get the opportunity to paddle down the river, go through an operational lock, which has been there for almost 200 years, have a barbecue lunch at Buffalo Trace, and then get a tour there and, and a chance to buy some bourbon and taste some bourbon and then head back up the river. That's that's been a, a crazy popular tour for us. Uh, we offer those uh, every Sunday throughout the summer. Um, and we're even starting to offer some others with them on Fridays. And then we created this new guide program this year, guided trip program we call our pop-up paddles. Um, and what the pop-up paddle is, is maybe myself, maybe Callie, maybe Emma just kind of gets a wild hair and says, you know what, in a week, the bluebells are going to be blooming. 
I'm going to do a pop-up paddling, go paddle the North Fork with the bluebells and see if anybody wants to go. Or maybe it's, you know, we have the Harvest Moon showing up in November or in October. Let's put a pop-up paddle together. We'll advertise it for a week and we'll see who comes. Uh, rather than going out and trying to create these big marketing campaigns for these possible guided trips, we're trying to create these real intimate, small group guided experiences that are, you know, I want to go do them. I want to go out and see the bald eagles on the L corner. I want to go out and, and, and paddle up Glens Creek to see Castle and Key Distillery. So why not just bring some customers and some friends along with me? And I think that's an area that's going to have a lot of growth for us as well. Uh, the rental side of things continues to grow every year. We're, we're very fortunate that people want to come down and be on this Creek and typically on years where the gas prices are higher, like this year, uh, usually the rental businesses do really, really well in those environments. We get a lot of people that are wanting to staycation. So we're fully expecting it to be pretty busy there. And the retail side of our business just continues to grow and we continue to keep our eye on, on what's changing and evolving in the industry and, and where the hot trends are right now. And so there's always growth there as well. And, and, um, uh, we, we have an educational program. So this year we've started to see, and, uh, we've already booked seven or eight school groups this year, which for the last two years, that's been a foreign concept for schools to come out and, and actually paddle. Cause heck a lot of schools weren't even in and they were definitely not going on field trips. So we're starting to see that come back and we're really excited about that. Um, we like to offer more than just a bring your school group out and go paddling, but we like to offer a true environmental education experience. And so we've got employees that work for us that are retired school teachers and current school teachers. So we see that coming back and I see a lot of growth this year in that world as well. So overall, I just, I think everything in, in the paddle sports industry and, and definitely wrapped around our business, trying to keep our eye on the prize. I think I see a lot of growth in the next few years. Right on. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a heck of a blueprint you guys have got going for a true pro shop versus, you know, just your average big box store. So the education you guys are providing and, and, you know, navigating that barrier to entry for some of these folks, you know, with the school groups and stuff that wouldn't otherwise have access or, you know, to someone with the knowledge to teach them how to go out and do this sort of stuff. Right on. Well, with that, this is where this podcast gets a little weird. I apologize. <laughs> this is what we like to call five questions. I'm not going to do the voice for you tonight. Usually there's a whole voice and a whole, we're going to spare you for that one. Yeah, I like it's the music scary. going on and everything. <laughs> no, it, like and it. it's weird music. <laughs> it's just what we have. So it's time. It's time for five. Nathan from Canoe, Kentucky. Coming up first tonight, Jason Cassidy Fishing. Good dude. He wants to know, in 21 years, what has been your... What has been the biggest advancement that you have seen in this industry? Oh my goodness. Uh, fishing kayaks, <laughs> uh, 12 years ago, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. We had one fishing kayak hanging on the wall and nobody wanted the darn thing. It just hung there. Everybody wanted whitewater boats and wreck kayaks and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden fishing kayaks came out and started breaking the mold and started to stand up on them and sit in these comfortable seats. And it's been crazy how the fishing world has, has changed the industry known as kayaking. And that is by far the biggest advancement I've seen over the last 15, 20 years. Anonymous user from Facebook, because they didn't give Facebook permission to use their name, would like to know how Mr. Chad Harp got the name Showtime. 
<laughs> yeah, showtime. So, you know, we're being professionals, you know, every now and then you're called on by local news networks or, uh, or uh, YouTubers, or we have a, a fish and wildlife program here in Kentucky called Kentucky a field, which we're very proud of. We have a relationship with them and, and uh, Chad got to where he was doing a lot of our TV interviews for us. And um, he, it's a self-induced nickname. You know, he came up with Showtime all by himself and, uh, and uh, you definitely put him in front of a camera. He, uh, he becomes Showtime real quick. I I understand. I've seen it. Um, now nah, this is this is one for me. I just have to know. Best bourbon in Kentucky. Oh man, you know what? The best bourbon is the bourbon you got in front of you right now. Especially if it's a bourbon that you're enjoying with friends or family, and you're having a sip and you're telling stories. You know, uh, I remember last fall sitting on the the farthest point in northern Michigan in the Upper Peninsula out on Lake Superior with eight of my best friends. Uh, we were up there on UTVs, you know, riding our Rangers and, and Polaris is up there and we broke open a bottle of Blanton's, watched the sunset, and we told stories and we hugged and we just, you know, it's it's the glass that's in front of you that you're enjoying at the moment. If I'm, if I'm going to point out a couple you know, I'm a huge Weller fan. You know, Weller bourbons are bomb, right? If, you're, if you ever get your hands on a blue label Weller, man, it's like vanilla ice cream in a bottle. Um, Castle and Key Distillery. Just distillery in 50 years, and I think it's incredible. Um, but, man, there's, there's so many good bourbons out there. For what's in the bottle and the price you pay, you can't go bad with Buffalo Trace. It's just, it's like the most awarded bourbon of all time. So, but whatever you got in front of you right now, if you're sitting there drinking it with a buddy, that's the best bourbon in my opinion. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Next question. Next question. As a paddler, what is the weirdest thing that you have encountered on the water? <laughs> um, I don't, man, that's a tough one as a paddler. You know, um, I, I worked at... We had a, we, I'm a swift water rescue technician and a wilderness EMT. So I do work hand in hand from time to time with our local rescue department. And I will say a couple of years ago, we rescue called in at eight o'clock at night. Sun's going down. Girlfriend lost her boyfriend on the Creek. She didn't know where he was. Can you come help? So we looked for a couple of hours and couldn't find this guy. Right. And the next morning we, we get the phone call that they found him and I was like oh where'd you find him and like well you might want to come down and see and he happened to be downstream at one of the takeouts a couple fishermen were there and they happened to call and say hey we found this guy you might want to come get him and we pull up down there and this this poor fella man he didn't have a stitch of clothing on he was naked <laughs> as the day he was born and uh we're like and his girlfriend happened to show up at the same time boy she was not happy and like man do you remember what happened he's like no i pulled over on the bank and started talking to these two girls and the next thing i know i was naked laying in the dirt i was like man you either had a really good time last night or a really bad time you're probably about to have a bad time going home with your girlfriend it's probably like one of the weirdest things i've ever seen happen in my years of paddling you know alcohol and paddling sometimes don't necessarily go hand in hand <laughs> alcohol and anything can get you in trouble kids at home Be behave yourself that's right that's right uh 10 years where do you see canoe kentucky in 10 years from now hover boats oh, yeah 10 years from now i i hope i hope to goodness that 
I'm not the one running the show anymore. You know, I, I hope my kids are involved or someone else is involved in running it. I think Canoe Kentucky is going to be still growing. I think people are always going to want to get outside. It's important that we're providing those experiences for people to get outside. So I, I think it's still going to be cranking and rolling. Uh, I hope to be driving someone else's boat, man. I, I hope to be off doing my thing and enjoying semi-retirement and, um, and and just living the good life, you know. But I, I still think people are going to want to be out. They're going to want to be on the water. I think this next generation, you know, these these 18, 19-year-olds we got coming up right now are going to do great things for our business. And uh, I think this, this next generation is going to want to be outside even more so than our generation was. So I'm excited about the prospects. And there you guys have it. Five questions with Nathan Deppenbrock from New Kentucky. Jerry, he's right. You hadn't formally been introduced to the button yet. <laughs> Zach was. Like yeah, you missed Zach it on the intro. Thinking we was. Yeah, I did. I thought maybe you lost it. I gotta apologize to the fans at home tonight that actually do listen to this. Besides Zach's mom and my mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> I missed the button tonight. I let you all down and I botched the intro completely. Sorry. But if you tune in, if you tune in it to, uh, let's handle, let's pay some bills real quick. If you tune into the Orion Facebook page, the Orion Instagram page, we have a little surprise coming up for you guys on 422, which is Earth Day. We've got a, we've got a special, special launch going on for Orion coolers. Um, then, to top it off, Orion Podcast, powered by Jackson Kayak. We have got something big coming. Something big. Can't tell you what it is. There's there's actually more than one thing coming, and it's it's going to be good. Nathan knows what it is. Um, it's it's going to be great. Four twenty five. Actually, yeah, four twenty five. That is uh, that's that's when launch week starts. We're teasing you all up a little bit right now. So yeah. head over to Jackson Kayak. Uh, Facebooks and Instagrams and get in on the hype and and see what we got in store for you guys. I've seen it. Nathan's seen it. Zach hasn't seen it, but he's he's seen the Orion thing. <laughs> and it's uh, we're here to tell you it's Perfect. good time, good times and good things ahead. Um, good we're stuff. excited to show you guys this stuff at the end of the end of the week. But uh, let's jump back into the podcast. Let's let's get right back to it. So we talked a little bit about what Canoe Kentucky has going on, but it's not just Canoe Kentucky anymore. It's it's grown outside of that. We've got this whole bourbon boat experience is what I like to call it. Um, you guys have also got the new uh, the new Verbo at the at the church. Yep. <sighs> Give us a little insight on on the bourbon boat um, and and some of the different things for people that you different things that you guys are offering for people that may not necessarily be into the paddle sports. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so the bourbon boat is, uh, you know, I mentioned our bourbon paddle tour earlier and, um, I don't know, six years ago, I was on one of those tours and we stop at Buffalo trace and the guide's doing his thing. Right. And the guide looks at our group and he's like, you know, you guys just paddled down the Kentucky river today. And if it weren't for that river, there would never have been bourbon. Uh, bourbon was born on the Kentucky river and shipping it down the Kentucky river. And, you know, all the time it took for those old wooden barrels to get down our Kentucky river and get down the Ohio river and get down the Mississippi river to new Orleans is, is what caused that clear liquor to end up in those barrels and to end up 
turning brown and and being considered a completely different product, a product of Bourbon County, Kentucky, which is where the name Bourbon actually came from. Um, so when he tells this story, I'm like, you know, man, that's, that's pretty cool. And everybody wants to hear about that, but not everybody wants to canoe or kayak. And so we came up with this idea for, for the bourbon boat. So Alice and I had been working for a few years, uh, operating, uh, our local university, Kentucky state university has its own environmental science laboratory here on the Kentucky river. And we were running that forum and getting a lot of experience on the Kentucky river and uh, had all this time in to, to be on a boat and decided we ought to go become captains. Why not? Why not? Why not add one more thing to our list? So uh, we went through the whole process. Um, Alice and I are both 100, 100 ton masters uh, through the U.S. Coast Guard. Um, and uh, we decided we're going to start doing boat tours on the Kentucky River. So we custom built our boat. It's called the Trace of Kentucky. It's a 27 foot open decked vessel, holds 15 passengers. And uh, the Bourbon Boat, bourbonboat.com or kentuckyrivertours.com does bourbon themed historical cruises of the Kentucky River. Um, some of them involve going to Buffalo Trace Distillery and doing a tasting or a tour. Some of them involve doing exclusive tastings at some local restaurants like Bourbon on Main. Some of the tours are just going out and cruising the river and seeing where you know, the history of bourbon comes from where Blanton's wharf was or, or where the Hermitage distillery was or going underneath the Capitol or going underneath Daniel Boone's grave and learning some of that history. So we've been doing that for four years. We're, we're very proud of that business. We're proud that if you go on TripAdvisor and you look it up, you won't see anything less than five stars. Uh, we believe in what we're doing. We're history nerds, especially when it comes to bourbon. And it's been just a neat ride. And as I mentioned, our great staff that run Canoe Kentucky, They've been able to run that show for the last three or four years without us having to be day-to-day hands-on. And it's allowed Allison and I to go out and and get to see 15 people at a time and talk to them about the history of our city and our state and the bourbon industry. And, you know, we've had well over 10,000 people ride on that boat and just learn about the history of bourbon. And Kentucky and the bourbon trail are exploding right now. And so we took the the bourbon boat and expanded that even a little more to say we ought to have a place for people to come and stay if they're wanting something bourbon themed. So we started a Verbo this year that's completely bourbon themed and you can come and stay there. We even will come up and offer a private tasting or a cocktail class with you if you want and um, just share some of the, the, the bourbon history that we have here and our love for that industry. So it's all really cool things going on. You know, I, that's, um, we see that business grow every single year. We started offering tours already this year and man, we're just getting people coming from all over. In fact, yesterday I had some people on board from Germany. So we're getting wow. people from all over the place coming just to learn about bourbon. Well, um, and, and with the Verbo, I think one thing to add is that if, even if you're a paddler and you're looking for a cool place to stay, the Verbo is, uh, there's a put, there's a put in right there on the Elkhorn Creek to get you going. So right on that white, yeah, it is the put in for the whitewater stretch and that Verbo literally sits at one of the best surfing waves right there on the Creek. So you can literally park your truck, go inside, have a drink, go right out back and, and surf for a little bit and realize your place is right there. Yep. The old, the church wave as they called it the other night. That's right. So, yep. That's right. But, um, so where do you see, where do you see this entity going? I mean, as far as the bourbon boat, I mean, do you see a whole fleet of bourbon boats one day? I do. Yeah, I do. We're already looking for boat number two. You know, one of the things on our boat, being a smaller boat, being completely outdoors, it's not, it's not walled in. There's no bathroom or head on board. You know, we legally can't serve alcohol, so we don't do any like bourbon tastings on board the boat, but we do see that coming. So 
we're currently shopping for our next boat. Uh, we're looking for something in the 50 passenger range. And I will tell you, one of the things we're looking at is that our Kentucky river has a series of locks and dams on it. And four of those locks are operational. You can, you can go from Frankfurt all the way to the Ohio river if you want to uh, Buffalo trace sits right in our downtown area. Um, the next lock up is lock and dam five. Uh, currently not an operational lock, but we are looking at hopefully in the next couple of years, getting that one fixed and running again. And if that happens, the wild Turkey distillery sits right upstream from that lock. So our goal has always been that we would love to be able to offer our customers a, a, a tour at Buffalo trace distillery, jump on board our 50 passenger boat. We'll serve you a lunch. We'll drive you all the way up the river, the river that built bourbon all the way up to wild Turkey do a tour there and then we'll do a private tasting with you on the way back down and literally do the bourbon trail by water. Um, that's kind of the goal for that business. That's where we've always wanted it to get to. And um, I don't know if that's two or three years out, but I do know a bigger boat, uh, a boat that's walled in that we can actually serve bourbon on board and, and uh, operate a little bit more in, in any kind of weather conditions, you know, because it won't be completely outside is definitely in the next 12 months future is what I'll say. Well, we we talked about the Verbo a little bit, but oh. Callie's going to be mad at me because we did not mention glamping at the yeah. Peaks Mill. We forgot that. Yeah, one. so we we do have some. <laughs> we took the G off of that, and we call it just camping tents. But we do also offer that. You know, if you want to come camp on the Elkhorn Creek, there's not a lot of places. It's all private property. So we've got just a phenomenal little, little hidden spot on the Elkhorn Creek. It's in a little little valley right there. It's shaded all the time. So even in the middle of the summer, the, the temperature's phenomenal. And we've got three camping tents down there, uh, permanent Montana canvas style tents down there, all built on um, 20 foot by uh, 12 foot platforms. So each one of the tents has a, a double bed inside of it, a couple little chairs and tables. You got a, a covered front porch there, barbecue grill, fire pit, and you can just sit out there, watch the creek go by and and you don't have to worry about bringing all your crap and all your gear and you've got a, a legal safe place to camp on the Creek. So we have those as well. You can definitely find those through our website as well. So we offer camping on the Elkhorn Creek at our camping tents as well. And each one yeah, of them comes, cool. comes furnished with an Orion cooler. It, it most certainly does. An Orion cooler with some waters and some locally made LH right there in that cooler ready for you. Absolutely. Nice. Well, Nathan, that's we've, we've held you for about an hour. I know you've got yeah. things to do. Um, is there anybody that you guys need to thank tonight? Well, I, you know, I want to thank you guys for offering us up to do this. You know, this is, this is awesome. All the folks at Orion, all the folks at Jackson kayaks, you know, we're very proud of the fact that when, when the Jackson kayaks train started back in 2004, we were the second dealer that was on board and we're very proud of that. You know, we're very proud. We've been with it from the beginning, um, it is our number one brand that we sell out of all the brands we carry. And we're just very proud of that relationship and, and, um, happy to be a part of it. You know, definitely want to thank everybody with Jackson kayaks. It's always been so good to us over the years, uh, from the folks that work at the factory there, like Matt Cunningham to, to our reps on the outside, like Jake Slominski and some of those guys have always just been awesome to work with. Now, I always want to thank my, my phenomenal staff, Callie and Chad and Emma. I can't say enough good things about them as, as well as all the other people that work for us throughout the season and, and all that. So um, thank you guys for doing this. We do appreciate it. If you're ever in the Frankfurt area looking to get out, you know, you can find us online. Um, Canoe Kentucky is the business name. So canoeky.com is our website. Um, the bourbon boat is just that. So bourbonboat.com is where you'll find that at. And uh, we're on all your social media platforms. You know, you'll find us on Facebook and Instagram and all those places as well. 
um, under either KY River Tours or Canoe Kentucky. So if you're ever in the area, you want to learn more about bourbon or do some paddling or whatever that is, we'd be more than honored to have you as part of the family and get you out on the water. All right, Nathan. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you for men, Zach. Um, yeah. you, you guys have, uh, you guys have truly been, uh, a great inspiration for us. Uh, and the comments tonight have been outstanding. Um, shout out to all you guys <laughs> that have listened and watched. You guys have been super supportive. Um, yeah, and for sure. And a big thank you back from Jackson kayak and Orion coolers. We appreciate what you guys do for us every single day without you, yeah, without probably. you guys as our dealer, we wouldn't be sitting here having a podcast tonight. So, well, we're going to drop you down below and we will be right back with you here in just a second. We're going to close this thing out. All right, Zach. Hey episode number six. In the books. In the books. I had to get that out of my system. Sorry. Been a long night not using the button. <laughs> Starting to wonder if it worked. I was getting yeah. getting itchy. Getting itchy. Yeah. Just to throw my shoulder out next week. You know, but uh <laughs> yeah, so episode six. Glad you guys got to tune in. Uh, meet Nathan from Canoe, Kentucky. Zach's freezing up here on us a little bit tonight, or I am one of the two. But um, we're going to let you guys go. Okay, we appreciate, appreciate you guys watching and listening to us tonight. And we will be back with you next week. Or not next week, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks. I don't know if Zach's talking or I'm talking. Yeah. So one of us is froze up. But we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching.